Hello, and welcome to Gradually, Gradually Then Suddenly, a blog and interview series with leaders to discuss current issues and how data and technology are shaping our world. My name is Tommy Andriola, and I'm the Vice Chancellor for Information Technology and Data at University of California at Irvine. Our guest today is Sherry Duville, CEO and board member at Metagran and a serial published author and speaker in mobile medical technology, healthcare digital transformation, and leadership. Sherry is the co-chair of the IEEE Trust Technical Standard Project for Clinical IoT and Medical Industry Technology. Uh, Previously, Sherry worked with the medical device and pharma industry, both as a consultant and for many years with Johnson & Johnson. Today, in addition to being the CEO at Metagram, Sherry advises startups and serves on a series of boards, including as a member of the Board of Fellows for Santa Clara University, where she went to school, and an advisor to the Santa Clara University Reedy School of Business Corporate Board Education. She's also a member of the advisory board for Women's Corporate Board Readiness Program, for which she co-designed and led co-delivery of the privacy and security curriculum. Sherry, thanks for joining us today. It's my honor to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me. You know, we're really excited for this. I've been looking forward. So, you know, Sherry and I have uh, met several years ago. You know, some of, the, some of the things that we share in common is really helping technology have a greater impact in healthcare and for the patient. You recently had a new book come out uh, called Mobile Medicine, Overcoming People, Culture, and Governance, where you're the lead author and uh, editor of the book. It was recently recognized and ranked number one by Book Authority as the best new healthcare ebook to read in 2021. And it was also featured on the American Association for Physician Leadership website in September. Congratulations on that. And one of the things that I wanted is my first question for you really is about, in addition to the book being amazing, the participants who contributed into the book is equally as impressive. Can you share a little bit about how you enlisted the involvement of so many thought leaders into this book? That's very kind. And, and I'm also uh, super excited that it's the only book that was also featured by IEEE and American Association for Physician Leadership. So that combination is really what we're both passionate about driving, which is why I'm super excited to be here. So where are we now in terms of technology and healthcare? And doesn't it seem like everyone just kind of gets bogged down by so much noise? Yes. And so I think a lot of that ties back to just, you know, we have a lot of lack of logical application of the technology, you know, relevant to medicine, lack of clear priorities. There's untold numbers of vendors, you know, vying for the space. And this is, you know, regardless of their, you know, expertise and intelligence for medicine. But everybody wants to take a bite of the $3 trillion healthcare market. But meaningful contribution is also, you know, often lacking despite activity. Everyone also knows that both higher education and medicine need to digitally transform, right? Absolutely. Where? Where, Tom? <laughs> Can I put it back on you and, and ask you to, to characterize for us where? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say it this way. Let's, let's stay in healthcare, right, for, for the moment, because uh, that's, that's where the book is focused. You know, a lot of it has to do on uh, two things. One is, is shortening the time from innovation to impact the patient, number one. And two, and this is why I love the title you chose for the book, Overcoming Pe- People, Culture, and Governance. It's so much not about technology most of the time. It's really about managing the change that comes along with the introduction of the technology. 
Well, thank you so much. And, and, and so you're getting right to the heart of why we did the book. So it's all about, I've been a CEO and board member of Metagram really working to build our talent ecosystem because there's not a lot of plug and play talent ready to really transform healthcare with technology. And so it's about identifying those diamonds in the rough and, and also, you know, helping them develop and connecting them with other diamonds in the rough to help each other, you know, polish. And that's really what the, the seed and the focus of the book is about. So, so what I've been super passionate about is just fostering talent that allows them to be you know, competitive in the market and also allows the market to be a competitive place for them. And we want to make that fun. Uh, and we want to drive action that drives wins, which is why a book is a great vehicle for that, because it's something very tangible uh, that you can you know, drive towards uh, results from. And it's critical. Uh, so a third of our book has coverage in compliance, privacy, and security, because that is the largest area of mistrust for health systems, according to Forrester. And so we really need to fix that. And it's really a, an extreme team sport. So it's not just security staff that can fix that by themselves. And so I believe that we really need to build a team of teams to solve healthcare's biggest tech challenges. And the book, Melville Medicine, brings that to life, both in its message and the way it was put together. So medical technology, I also believe, has to come from insiders because what you need is you've got to build in resilience, you've got to build in security, and you have to understand the culture and the dynamics of medicine uh, and we also, you know, not just insiders by themselves, we have to invite in and onboard diverse views that reflect the patients and the clinician populations. So I'm also co-chair, like you said, of the Trust Project for Clinical IoT through IEEE. And the team we built there has also informed uh, a portion of the book's focus. So a good portion of the majority of our professional collaborators that we've had over years are part of the book team. So we didn't just, you know, we didn't cold call <laughs> the, 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 the most amazing thought leaders uh, that, that we could find, you know, to be part of the book. We, we've been engaged with them for some years, and then it was kind of a natural outgrowth of that relationship, right? So the contributors have been collaborating informally in a variety of configurations for some years before the book. A few years ago, we put together like a collaborative, a small group of CIOs and chief information security officers. And then in parallel, we had like a Venn diagram overlap of some really deeply technical people learning through IEEE. Um, because the kind of work I do with mobility and medicine, it's full stack, um, it's multiple technologies, and then as that you know, transitions into clinical IoT, that's lots of technology domains. And so you really need to have a good network uh, of, of lots of different areas of expertise. It just goes far beyond consumer tech you know, and web apps. And so we had some really passionate communities um, from both the collaborative as well as from IEEE, and we mashed that up together into the book. Oh, that, you know, that, that's a great story. Uh, I understand you've started working on the next book. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what the focus of that will be? Absolutely. Um, so it, a huge theme, like I was saying, over a third of the coverage of mobile medicine is risk, compliance, and security. We're taking the concept of risk. Um, and, and some of this also comes out of my work on the Women's Corporate Board Readiness Program at Santa Clara Executive um, Education Center. But what I what I do is, with the women is help them understand that no one really owns, there's not a lot of status quo ownership of privacy and security. And so it's really a place where they can differentiate themselves, where they can develop themselves into a leader, because it's not like it's a field that's owned. You know, like some domains in medicine, you know, there's successive generations of owners of those fields, right? And if you're a female physician, you just kind of want to be 
aware and wise to like, do I really have a chance to become preeminent in this field? What, what kind of mentor would I need? Or is it just too much blockage, <laughs> right? It's, so what's, what's great in technology is that we have, well, well, it's not great that we have so many risks and challenges, what, what is great is that we don't have that ossification that a lot of um, domains have. And so the field is open uh, for new talent you know, to come in. And, and the flip side of that is that just the, the scope of, and scale of challenge uh, is, is really unlike anything that we've seen. And so that's why we, we, there was such a positive response to our focus on risk that we've really been encouraged to, to really double down on that and make that really the primary focus. And so our book team uh, for the second book is even more unbelievably impressive. And I hope I get to talk to you about that uh, another time. <laughs> but we're going beyond really what traditional audit committees typically focus on, who are the ones that look at risk. And areas specific to innovation and research and development, you're like, you're our key audience, right? And, and, and the areas are like security, trust, clinical risk, technical risk, and talent issues. Um, and then so, so far, our most developed areas of this book are related to building and running cross-functional teams and making them as productive as possible. We're also exploring and solving with some of the, the real leaders in the field about the challenge of physicians learning about and using advanced technologies. And at the same time, it's not just putting it on physicians, but also highlighting the subject of hubris in technology and just other key areas like misinformation specific to technology, but just in general as, a, as an issue, gaps in logic. Uh, when you look at putting advanced technology in medicine, um, and an interest you and I both share is making sure we can retain people who want different and new things uh, from their institutions like ethics. They're asking uh, leadership, you know, what's the moral thing to do? And then we're also covering things like how agile and a scrum workflow supports a servant leadership model and really the drive to, to make organizations more flexible for people, more competitive. Um, and we really want to attract people to, to our field and leverage really ambitious people to make a huge contribution soon in our lifetimes. You know, I, I think that's great. And I'll tell you why, because I see from my vantage point, so many lanes, and that's the word I'm going to pick, so many lanes in which this tension between innovation and risk come into play. Just to name a couple, in, in, in healthcare, I'm saying in healthcare, I can, we could do a whole nother podcast talking about the higher education part of, uh, of my role here. But, you know, business innovation has those tensions built in, right, around launching new services as we think about getting out of the hospital and doing things in other settings. The clinical practice and the outcomes and the risk and, 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 and liabilities, there's all sorts of, you know, kind of that, that, that risk compliance and security aspect of what, you're, of what you're doing. The whole data strategy, how do we think about using data as an asset and as a way to create new collaborations and better outcomes is wrought with those types of challenges and, and tensions. And then the last one I'll, I'll mention, because you kind of mentioned it, but the term we put around it here at the University of California is just ethical AI. I mean, you know, there is a whole body of subject matter experts starting to come together talking about the ethical uses of AI, what's appropriate, uh, what brings equity, you know, in terms of, you know, already dealing with a tremendous health disparities issue in our country here. And because uh, that's the one I focus most on. But, you know, now you talk about this issues of advanced technologies, analytical techniques, 
And is it going to be done in a way that is going to provide better equity rather than exacerbate current inequities that we have within the system? So you're going to have so many different avenues in which to take that topic to talk about the challenges that, that are facing healthcare as we move forward. I think that's fantastic. Well, let's, so let's say on the topic of, you know, healthcare and, and the changes that, that, that we're all trying to enact to hopefully create a, you know, a, a better world and a world that we want to live in. You, you have a passion for the topic of transformational leadership. Um, I, I'm very well vested into that topic as well. And one of the things I've done here at the University of California is develop a leadership academy to really build a cadre of, of, of transformational leaders. We started thinking about helping IT professionals become transformational leaders. What we found is we have now a good number of non-IT professionals who've now joined the academy because the, the content that they get, which is done in partnership with the Haas School of Business up at Berkeley is generic. It's not unique to IT professionals. It's really about people who are trying to enact change in the organizations they're a part of. So we have functional executives and even uh, medically trained professionals who've now joined the, the cohorts of our academies. You know, tell me, tell me a little bit about your view on transformational leadership. And as you see it working in healthcare today, what are we doing right? Where is there still missed opportunities for us to, to do it in a way that actually brings the type of changes that we're looking for? I love the topic. And, and if you have a super long conversation about it, I'd love to talk to you about the new sci-fi series foundation sometime. And, and then we can really get into talking about uh, change and demographics and, and th the things that I think really drive the need for transformational leadership. Um, but you and I really, we interacted about one of my role models. He also helped us a lot with mobile medicine. Uh, he's the author of a number of really interesting books. One of them, seminal being Strategic Intelligence, Michael McAbee. Um, and so uh, the thing that he underscores is just the, the, the fact that we just live in a, such a diverse context. So diversity is not a buzzword. I get really fr frustrated when people in Silicon Valley talk about it like that because Diversity is the reality of the world that we live in, especially in health systems, but the uh, patient care population as well as the workforce is extremely diverse, much more than anything that you see in the technology sector, right? And every person needs a different form of leadership from us. So medical science and technology, they, they do have a lot in common and we should focus on those things, but they also have vast differences. So how are we gonna take what's in common to marry the best of technology with science in a way that makes medical care better? And I just don't see any other way except for leveraging transformational leadership. Um, and, and it's really what I see as a universal requirement. It's urgent, but it's, it's actually, it's really hard. It's not, it's, I feel like there's not a lot of formal education about it. I feel like there's not enough um, that's really understood about it, that, that people have real, a really good practice or peer group, you know, around it. It's very different from traditional bureaucratic leadership, which is a lot more, you know, laissez-faire um, and sort of rule-based. Other things that make it really hard and really rewarding is that it demands, you know, real authenticity. I mean, you got to be ready for, you know, your teammates to pretty much know everything about you, all, all the good, all the bad, you know, and everything in between, right? And the things that talent wants in terms of engaging in that kind of model is that they want a real community, which is a pain in the butt to build. <laughs> it, is, it is really hard. I don't know if I could say that on your show, uh, but it, it's hard work. It's really hard work, you know, and they want real relationships. And, and to make that happen, it, you know, I mean, you, it just requires extraordinary execution and constant communication to make it real. And that is a ton of energy. 
<laughs> so transformational leadership is also about involving people in a totally new way. So I think the whole thing about it, it just requires amazing amounts of energy. And it's just really hard. You know, I, I, I think you hit it on the head, right? It, you know, it's not a it, transformational leadership is no longer about, and I, and I can say this because I've, you know, been involved in trying to bring change to organizations for the majority of my career. It's no longer about some senior individual setting a vision and saying, here's where we're going. It's much more about a participative uh, process, you know, sh- as a leader, being vulnerable, being authentic. Being comfortable with saying, I don't know the answer, but collectively, we're going to figure it out together. It's a, it's a very, very different role of transformational leadership than even 10 years ago from my perspective and, and kind of how I've learned how I've needed to evolve in playing that role. You know, it's, it's kind of like you're, in, you're not leading them. You're inviting them to participate in a process and a journey. And, and part of that means giving the reins over to them and maybe you know, learn to become comfortable with that they will, you know, the, the organization and the people who choose to join in will go about it differently than maybe if you were just kind of setting the pace and, and, and trying to march the band forward. It's going to be a little bit more messy. But what's important is the buy-in, right? And I think that's what you're pointing to is how do you get that broad participation of people getting on board communicating, talking, building a community, and having a collective vision of where the organization wants and needs to move, right? It's not it's not a one-person game, right? It, it, it's absolutely a team sport. Definitely. So, you know, you're, you're involved in, in, in so many things, right? You know, since 2014, you've been doing your own thing, and it's not just one thing. You've been doing your own things, right? You've been building your own, you know, kind of steam engines. But you've got this company. Uh, that's your CEO and, and head of the board on Metagram. Can, can you tell our listeners about Metagram, you know, how, how it came to be, what your vision for it was, what it is, where it's going? Physicians cannot use their cell phones much of the time in hospitals because we were talking about connectivity. Um, and that also applies to clinics. And, and as you can imagine, it's very important, especially when you have multiple people working on a clinical case, you know, for them to be able to capture, record, uh, their thoughts quickly before they, you know, move on to the next task. And so that's really um, the heart of why Metagram exists is that solving for all of that is a totally different technical challenge than like a regular web app or even the app that we're communicating on right now. Um, and the, the reason why it's important is that we live in a world uh, where a life is lost every nine minutes uh, because of a delay in information. And that's according to the esteemed Institute for Healthcare Improvement. Right. So as you know, the huge challenge of building this company has been that driving workflow efficiency is not automatically revenue positive in medicine, especially in certain regions like ours. Um, so when, what you need to have is, and what, we're built, what we built at Metagram, is an integrated cross-functional IT product, medicine, and finance capability that can tackle workflows uh, where you can drive clinical success and efficiency, but also drive financial success at the same time. And that's what we focus on. So we're, we're really inspired by our values and our team of treating each other with respect, uh, building trust, and our collective love of innovation. So what our technology is designed for is to allow physicians to communicate when nothing else does, which happens a lot. And like I was saying, the phone's not working. It has to be addressed accurately from a technical perspective. So at Metagram, we've developed a patented technical solution. Uh, we own the IP. Uh, design is based on peer-reviewed published research that we did in the Journal of Hospital Medicine. But as you know and said before, the technology alone, as 
fantastic this is, isn't enough. You have to also incorporate all the expertise and intelligence across multiple functions that allows us to understand how workflows actually affect clinical outcomes, the, the quality metrics that the physician executives are measured on, and, and also the finance, or else, you know, don't pass go, right? <laughs> so what has to happen to make all that work is what we, we focus on. We focus on team of teams, uh, and you have to have that. Um, so big. that's been a big motivator of the book. Mobile medicine is the community. And our CTO, Chief Security Officer, Eric Svetkov, um, says that, that our book team is really like a think tank, really more than a traditional co-author team, right? So the work on the book really helped make some of the hard work more exciting, uh, which was probably its best feature or, or best benefit. Um, and so the team members that are both internal as well as collaborators are able to see, you know, what winning can look like uh, when you do complex teamwork, because it's really hard. So our uh, solution at Metagram is built for reliability, privacy, security, and to all levels of the solution. The intent of uh, the book, Mobile Medicine, was, is to provide the handbook on implementation uh, for mobile medicine, which is an area, as you know, of widespread blindness, right, amongst tech companies right. uh, that want to get into medicine. So where are we going, right? So at Metagram, we are focused on creating a world where we lead and define the kind of teamwork that, that I've been talking about, that I'm passionate about. Um, and this is enabled through the groundbreaking and constant uh, training and upskilling that we do in technology, culture, the market, communication. Um, and, and these are practices that we've been cultivating for years where we have advisors, coaches, and organizations that we've been partnered with for, for a long time, for many years. I mean, one of my proudest accomplishments is really successfully recruiting and making productive teams of individuals with very different backgrounds, uh, very different motivations, um, namely what Michael McAbee uh, would call bureaucratic individuals, which you have to have in healthcare or anything that's high risk, high compliance, um, and interactives that are going to innovate and solve. So, for example, we have an infrastructure, you know, technology talent um, whose profile uh, we're elevating. Uh, we're making that role more interactive. And that's, you know, very different from what's traditionally been done in enterprise software. We've also successfully onboarded and trained several people to bring their unique superpowers from other industries to healthcare technologies like operations, procurement, communications, and cybersecurity. Uh, so that's a, a, a little bit about what we do here at Metagram. You know, when we were talking earlier, we were talking about the challenges of an early stage company, things comes along with challenges. And you had a, what I thought was a unique answer in terms of where you went first about what's key for an early stage company to kind of get its momentum and, and, and build itself uh, into a larger company. Can you share some of that with our audience? What I'm passionate about is that I think that technology has to build trust with medicine, with physicians, and with the organizations in which they operate, uh, as well as with the patient to some degree. Um, so building and preserving trust um, has many layers. To start from an IT perspective, um, if I can't explain the technology at every layer of the stack, like in terms of like the OSI model, or at the cellular or the atomic or the bit level, then you don't really understand it. And the proposed product might not work. You know, I think we're seeing a lot of challenges with a lot of 
for lack of a better word, lazy thinking in terms of technology implementations. And there's a lot of fallout from that in terms of it not working or in terms of the number of vulnerabilities that it introduces and, and the risks that it introduces into the environments. And we see this all the time with web apps, um, uh, apps that are um, designed to be originally stationary to work on the desktop, um, but they don't really work you know, on the go or in a different context or in, on a different form factor. And they, they don't even work for consumers all the time. <laughs> so I think that you know we really have to, as technologists, take responsibility to build in and demonstrate competence that's worthy of medicine. I mean, think about all of the training and risk and liability and insurance that physicians carry and, and the responsibility that they have for the lives of those patients. And as technologists, if we are going to address this market, that we have to take that, we're not obviously, we don't have the same, you know, training and degree programs. I'm not saying that. And I'm not trying to saddle people, you know, with a bunch of extra bureaucracy and insurance, but I'm saying just understand what you're doing. And, and, and how important it is and really take that responsibility seriously. The only way you can really do that, I think, is through advanced levels of teamwork so that you can execute uh, and you can't just pay lip service to it. So, you know, like I was saying, we, we've been working with these partner organizations uh, for several years because you have to build competencies. That's how you build trust. Uh, you have to have competence in technology. You have to have competence in market comprehension and communication and team design. And you also need to make it fun. <laughs> right? Fun helps with trust uh, within team context, uh, whether it's your internal team or the team you're collaborating with. Uh, so you can win together. And a lot of leading companies you see start to have a chief trust officer. Um, I co-chair trust for IEEE and the UL standard for clinical IoT, like I was saying. And the reason is because we get to help define what trust means. And we solicit a lot of feedback on that from the top researchers in the field and the top physician leaders. And we need to figure out what that really means for advanced technologies in medicine. But we also get to learn from experts from all over the world who address trust from different parts of both the technical stack as well as the regulatory stack, right? And, and so what we believe is that Metagram can help customers win through understanding, helping to shape and foster trust. And I think that that's true for a lot of companies that, that, that they would do well to focus on that. What we want to do is, you know, save hundreds of thousands of lives, delay disability for millions more, help health systems be financially successful. Um, but I think that this is really the only way a startup in the wake of all this noise, you know, the challenges with tech and healthcare from companies of all sizes, mistrust of everything from early stage companies like Theranos to even departments themselves hired into health systems and the challenges with that and their relationships with clinicians or, or, or the nature of those relationships and all the difficulties in the news about the Fortune 5, you know, specific to the ire that a lot of the physicians in a private conversation, you know, will tell you they really feel about the sector. You know, we have to turn that around. And the way we turn it around is through defining and building trust, I think. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, Sherry, last question. One of the benefits of, of having a, a podcast with such accomplished guests like yourself is I get to ask a question that helps our listeners, many of which who are early and mid-career people who are, are still building and aspiring in their career, you know, what are the keys to success? And so that's my question for you. Can you share the keys of success for your career and maybe two to three actionable pieces of advice for those listeners who are still building their career? Yeah, thank you. I, I, I would say be a builder and don't be a diminisher and develop your self-confidence and make sure that you are very aware of, you know, master yourself, 
master your your professional uh, habits, your 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 intellectual growth, uh, your emotional management, and get you want to get yourself to a point where you're really more focused on other people than you are on you while you're aware of you. And one of the the things that you want to do while you're thinking about what you can offer the world is think about the superpowers that you have. If you have superpowers of confidence, for me, it's strategy. I think you share that too. You know, that you want to really bet on that, right? And then and while driving, you know, a constant learning. And and that's what I that's what I would advise for a younger me, right? <laughs> you got you have to you have to build competency. Right. And all the areas that you're going to touch, especially if you're someone like me, you know, who I'm female. Right. And and so I cannot succeed just being, you know, a, a figurehead of one type of function. Right. If to be successful, to earn the respect and the trust and, and collaboration of multiple kinds of innovators, I need to have confidence. That's excellent. I love it. I absolutely love it. OK, uh, well, Sherry, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it was fantastic having you again. Congratulations on the book. We will continue to watch your moves and and again i've always enjoyed kind of watching you orchestrate and build ecosystems it's something i also uh, appreciate very much how hard it is but also how beneficial it is so thank you for uh, being on our, our podcast today and sharing all the things you're working on you're welcome thank you